Hey, welcome to the Prophecy Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Douglas Hamp. I am so delighted to be with you again. Tonight, we are going to talk about could Daniel's covenant of many come in 2024? Uh, that is our big topic. And we have Sam Fulcher on the show tonight to help us dig into this question. He thinks, yeah, maybe yes. Of course, we will always know if these things are true or not by just waiting around. But he's going to give us some good evidence. Sam, welcome. So glad that you're here. Scott, I can see that you're wide awake and glad to be here. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Hey, Sam, welcome. We're really glad you're here. So give us a kind of a breakdown here. You're suggesting that it might start as early as next year. What's your yeah. idea behind that? It's it's hypothetical. It doesn't mean that it will. I, th I think it's possible. I guess I was thinking about where I might start, and I think I'll go back to 2017 on the 21st of August. That was the first cross-the-country solar eclipse that we saw. On that very day, Jared Kushner flew to Riyadh, and he met with Mohammed bin Salman to present for the first time the deal of the century. That was when it was first presented. And he left here on the day of that solar eclipse. The very next month, on the 20th of September, Mahmoud Abbas gave a speech to the UN General Assembly where he said that peace couldn't be achieved without a two-state solution. Now, that was the day before Yom Teruah, which was on the 21st and 22nd of September. Then, of course, on the 23rd of September of that year, we had the sign of the woman in labor. In, in, uh, in Virgo. And we pretty much know about that. That was on the 23rd of September. And then the next month in October, actually at the end of the month of Cheshvan, Jared Kushner returned for, from a second trip where he finalized the uh, skeleton outline of the deal of the century, which as we know, eventually became the Abraham Accords. So we had these celestial alignments that are peculiar in 2017, but the overriding geopolitical events at that time had to do with division of the land of the everlasting covenant. And, and we know that from, say, Genesis 17, verses 7 and 8, that the everlasting covenant is the land that was promised to Abraham and his descendants forever. And then that was repeated verbatim in 1 Chronicles 16, verses 15 to 17, and also, again, in Psalm 105, verses 8 to 10. So we have three places where it's verbatim that this land was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob forever. Um, and then in Joel 3, verse 32, uh, the Lord's gathering the nations to the valley of Jehoshaphat to enter into judgment with them there because they scattered his people and divided his land. And then in Isaiah 24, verses 5 through 6, we also see that the earth is being judged, and they broke the everlasting covenant. And so we can make a case that division of the land or Israel giving up its right forever to Judea and Samaria would accomplish the division of the land as a finality in the eyes of the world. And that's the proximate cause of judgment, at least according to Joel and Isaiah. All of those events that fall in 2017 had to do with that. Now, at the time, we were thinking maybe the seven years is 2017 to 24, but that didn't really happen. And so now we have 
some reason to believe maybe that was a warning given seven years in advance. And maybe 2017 to 24 was a template for the future. And recently, the U.S. was pushing Saudi to make a peace arrangement with Israel where whereby Saudi would join the Abraham Accords. And they were dragging their feet, but things really sped up here this past fall. And, and so you begin to wonder, maybe this is going to happen by 2023. On the very date, the six-year anniversary date of the sign of the woman in labor, the Saudi foreign minister gave a speech to the UN General Assembly where he indicated that the only way this would happen would be for the two-state solution to happen. That was on the six-month anniversary to the date. And you begin to wonder, maybe they'll pull it off. Seemed early, but they might. Then the Sukkot War uh, came up on October the 7th, and that pushed everything off. I think it's pushing it off to 2024, and I think that war is going to serve as a catalyst to cause Saudi to to push harder for the division of that land. I think this war is going to cause the world to really lean on Israel to give up its right to the land. And unfortunately, the U.S. is a big part of that push. The annular eclipse then that happened a week later on the 15th of October, on that very date, Blinken flew to Riyadh just like Kushner did back in August of 2017. He flew to Riyadh again to discuss and push the two-state solution so that Saudi could join the Abraham Accords. So that, that was on another eclipse. That very date, he flew to Riyadh again. So looking forward then to 2024, there's another eclipse coming up on the 8th of April. And uh, that happens to be one Nisan. It's the first day of the first month of the year on the Jewish religious calendar. And that's on one Nisan. And then it turns out that Passover then is on the 22nd of April. And the day before that, we're going to have a comet appear. They call it the Devil Comet because it, it has horns. These volcanoes blew up, <laughs> and it makes it look like it have horns. It's going to be visible on the day before Passover. And then on October the 2nd of 2024, that's the day before Yom Teruah, we have another annular eclipse. So I'm thinking if the pattern holds where the U.S. flies to Saudi to push this deal, I'm wondering if they won't come up with something, say, by the 8th of April. I don't think it'll be finalized then. I think it, it won't be finalized till the fall because I believe the 70th week of Daniel's got a track with Tishri agricultural cycle. So I look for the 70th week to begin at Yom Teruah, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if we don't have an announcement of some sort on the 8th that has to do with the Abraham Accords and Saudi joining them at the expense of Israel giving up its right to the land. Interesting. Sam knows this and you know this. I, I, I believe Yeshua fulfilled that way long time ago. But I will say this. It's the part that's interesting about the land and the eternal covenant is obviously it went to Abraham and it went to Isaac, but ultimately ended up with, with Jacob, who was renamed Israel. And it, and Judah certainly is part of Israel. And if they were to cede some of that land, I don't believe they're all of Israel. I believe I'm as much Israel as any Jew ever thought about being. But 
they would be then ceding land back to Esau and or Ishmael's descendants. And that, that would go against the covenant and it could be the covenant with death, even though I differ with, you know, the understanding on the seven year, 70th week timeline. I think we, I, I still think we may still be in the 70th week, the final seven years. Uh, I don't like to call it the 70th week, but I'm just watching and I'm not by no means dogmatic on it. It may play out. Satan's a good, he disguises himself as an angel of light. I believe he knows the Bible probably better than most of us. And I don't put it past him to use certain things in the Bible to try to attempt to, to fulfill prophecy. He, he, and obviously, Yah's allowing it all to happen anyway. So he, he's not going to, Satan's not allowed to do anything except on God's calendar when God allows it to happen. But I don't think these the, the occurrences of these signs. I mean, he gave us the sun, moon, and stars for signs and for appointed times. And I don't, I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe it's coincidence that it was on the eighth day as Judah was celebrating this past October 7th, that they were celebrating that eighth great day. It was like a double Shabbat. It was the weekly and the high Sabbath that this happened on that day. And we talked about it a little last, last night with Joe Dumont and, and Mr. Krieger. And we, we want to be careful here, but because nobody deserves what happened. And there were many innocents. I, Jeremiah would be someone who was innocent with what happened when Babylon invaded. I'm sure there were other faithful remnant that weren't apostate. They got caught up in the judgment. The innocents got caught up in the judgment. And I think it's symbolic that these they were having like a pagan music festival and it got hit hard and i believe this is a warning to judah and to america and to all of israel and the entire world as far as judgment coming yeah absolutely agree with that it's not coincidence to the, the september 23rd date where you had the sign of the woman in labor and then you had the Saudi foreign minister get up for the un on the exact date the un has set their date in, on September 23rd in 2024 for the pact for the future. That's to determine how the world is going to govern itself going forward. And that's 10 days before Yom Teruah. So it wouldn't surprise me a bit if this, if Saudi joins the accords and they come up with some kind of plan to stop the violence at the expense of Israel giving up its right to the land, and they roll that all into this pact for the future on the exact seven-year anniversary date of the sign of the woman in labor. And so that's what I'm going to be watching for this spring. And I think maybe the announcement comes at the first of the religious year in Nissan. And I don't think that's an accident. And then you've got the thing actually takes effect six months later, beginning with Tishri. So we'll see soon enough. That's just a hypothesis. I'm not saying that it's going to happen that way, but there does seem to be a pattern that, that we took note of this past fall with these peculiar dates and events that happen on these dates. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think we're actually going to see the return of Christ by 2031? Is that your gut feeling on this or what would you do? Would My feeling is that if the events of 17 to 24 are a template, I did a video on this just a few weeks ago. It's the first one I did in a couple of years. Hmm. But if it's a template for what we're seeing going forward, then I think this war, this invasion of Israel this year in 2023 is a preview 
of the war when they get their final invasion. Uh, Wait, what do you mean the invasion in Israel? Do you mean Hamas invaded? Yeah, Hamas. Well, okay, so you had a you did have a small incursion. Is that invasion? It's just a preview. It's going to be it's going to be thousands okay. of times worse when the final thing hits. We what, had what, COVID, what do you mean COVID by the final? That big Zechariah, okay, Zechariah twelve and fourteen, the, the big one. Yeah. The okay. Big. Okay, but we could say that. So why is this one different than say? the Yom Kippur War. or In 1973, Douglas, as you well know what I'm going to say right now, it was 57 years. So we were at best around 1.943 days since Yeshua returned his place. We were not anywhere close to, in, to the end of the second day, that 2,000 years. Peter's talking about it in 2 Peter 3, 8. He's talking about the return of Yeshua. And he says, God is not slow about his promise. And he interrupts himself. And for some reason, Peter just, he says, do not be ignorant of this one fact. One day is just as a thousand. I believe that is what is significant. We didn't have AI at the time. There was no way to completely control international commerce to where no person could buy or sell. We didn't have the surveillance system that the beast, that Satan needs. So he's not omniscient. He's not omnipotent. But now I believe the system is, is in place, the technology is in place, coupled with the timing and where we are on the prophetic timeline, coupled with, I believe what's going to happen to Sam's point with this incursion, this, this horrific act that happened at Hamas and Israel's mm -hmm. reaction to it. Mm -hmm. You even have some who are now calling war a war crime. So the propaganda and, and the indoctrination and the programming of the masses has already started an overdrive. We knew we would see that in the Islam world, but we're seeing it on college campuses. We're seeing this rise of this anti-Judah sentiment again with all those other factors in place where people are, are seeing some of it staged. They're, very, they're obviously staging some of these horrific photos, but they don't need to. It's horrific what we're seeing uh, in Gaza, but war is horrible. And so I believe you're going to see a backlash against Israel as this war continues. Now, the question is, does Iran get involved and get wiped out by a combination of America, Israel, and the West? Are they neutralized? And that leads to this piece. In other words, does something happen between now and next fall, now and this spring? in which there's a decisive victory. That's the unknown right now as far as this, what might play out. You know, what's really interesting, this is a tangent to what we're talking about, but I just read a headline that said that scientists believe that by 2031, we're going to have the singularity because of AI. They weren't talking so much about transhumanist singularity, but this idea where AI is at a point where, you know, it's so enmeshed in our lives. I just thought that was quite interesting. Because they have been moving up the dial. Ray Kurzweil was predicting that by 2045, we would have the point where humanity overcomes our limitations. Yeah. And we, we, yes, we become one with the universe. We become, we transcend our humanity completely and become post-human. I find that hard to believe that by 2031, we're going to get there. But things are moving quickly. I, I will definitely say that. Things are moving very quickly. It seems like, chat gpt was really a watershed and and i think we're still working on a few bugs but i think it's going to start moving very quickly and now it seems like everyone's coming out with their own version of chat gpt all of a sudden but um yeah i don't know 
There's a lot of a lot of big question marks. So Sam, I, I please think that's the big catalyst, and just yeah. that's the big difference between what happened in '73 and '67. Now, again, I believe '67 was very prophetic as far as Judah, the House of Judah, taking back semi control of Jerusalem, but still ceding back authority to to Jordan. And 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 again, I believe that's that it, it's y'all right now is using Islam to keep Judah from rebuilding its temple and restarting its sacrifices. And, and I'm actually hosting Rico. I just talked to Doug about it uh, on air. We're, it'll be on Doug's channel too, everybody. It'll be at a, a weird time on Monday where we're going to talk with Rico about the red heifers and his understanding as to why it, or the red heifers must be sacrificed and a temple must be built and Levitical system reinstalled in order for Yeshua to return. Everybody too. Shameless plug for Monday. Me, Doug, and Rico are going to be chatting about that. We got the big push towards digital currencies and elimination of cash. And we certainly had the plagues. I think there's going to be even worse plague. Maybe COVID began in earnest in 2020. So I wouldn't be surprised to see something a lot worse seven years later in 2027. And scientists have dug up bodies from the permafrost of people who died in the Spanish flu, 1917, 18, when millions died. And they've reconstructed that virus in the lab, if you can believe that. They're already that doing really smart to do, Sam. That <laughs> sounds like what you want to do, right? <laughs> of course. It's, yeah. It's, in, it's insane. Yeah. And so I think you had a you had locusts were as bad as they've ever been in the last few years for decades. I, I think you're gonna see more of that. You're gonna see food inflation, more deterioration in our in the moral fabric of our nations. I just can't believe the things that, that we're having to deal with now. Never would have dreamed it 10 years ago in America. And this is pretty cool. And Lady Camilla or Camilla is pointing out that that eclipse, it makes an ancient Tav. The X or the Tav or the T, the cross marks the spot. And I've read this. I have not double checked it. So anybody, I don't like to repeat stuff on the internet and then give it gospel truth. But supposedly the first eclipse and this eclipse are crossing many cities by, like by the name of Salem and Bethel, Bethel and, and other biblical names uh, that was on the track of the original eclipse that came over in 2017 and, and this big eclipse that's coming all over America and it's making an X marks a spot in a particular location. Again, these signs, these the sun, moon, and stars were given for signs. The next eclipse is coming right over my house. The U.S. is, it's the biggest power that's pushing Saudi to do this. And the disgusting thing in my mind is it's for election purposes because they want to do it so that they can win an election. And they give no regard at all to God's everlasting covenant, his eternal promise. And man can do this, but he's not going to prevail. In fact, it's going to bring judgment on him. And if we're the ones pushing it, I don't think it portends well for the United States. If we're the instrumental power that's doing that. It's doing what again? Pushing the Saudi to join the Abraham Accords, which will be at the expense of Israel giving up its claim to what it, the land that God promised it forever. So I have, a, I have a question. So you have people that we call Palestinians. hundred years ago, everybody was a Palestinian before Israel, before the Brits pulled out of, out of Israel. Everybody was a Palestinian. So you have these people that have been there they're not Jewish. They are of some Arab 
or a, a general Arab, I use that term very loosely, descent. And generally speaking, they are Muslim in their religious perspective. Although there are a number of Christian Palestinians and whatnot. What do you think, like, how should we look at those people? I mean, what is their role in this whole gigantic conflict? Israel is interesting. It's 25% Arab and they're full citizens and they participate. But you know what? There can be no Jewish person in their area. None. So I don't, there, that's a discrepancy to me. Israel is the one that's actually inclusive. They're being accused of apartheid, and I actually, I think it's the other way around. There's no reason why Jewish people can't settle in Judea and Samaria. It's, that is a territory. It's not occupied. Its status has never been resolved. Jordan annexed it against all the rest of the world. The only people that recognized it were Pakistan and Britain. Then they had to give it up. It used to be Ottoman right? But the, its final status has never been determined. And there's no reason why both sides couldn't live there together, in, in my view. Same yeah. thing in Gaza. I think the, they, the Jews were forced out of Gaza, 100% of them. They left, hoping that it would be peace. Dennis Prager made a great comment. He goes, if Israel laid down its arms today, they'd be wiped out tomorrow. If Palestine or if the if Gaza laid down its arms, there'd be peace. I'm not for kicking people out of their homes, but there's no reason why Jewish people can't move and settle in that area too. And and I would say that, and, and you do have the propagandists and the people, and there is, and and it's I don't think we're being honest. There is a very minor, extreme religious sect amongst Judaism that is racist to its core. It just is. They spit on Christians. They believe that they believe that they're superior because they're Jewish. But it is a very minor minority, even within the borders of, of the nation state of Israel, that believe this way, that have bought into this. The Jews are going to run the world and we're going to be their slaves and their chattel. And I understand from reading the Bible and reading scripture where they get it, if you take it literally, some of these prophecies, and it applies to all of Israel, the nations will be serving in the millennium. They are looking for their Messiah, and they are like the Islam is looking for their Mahdi, in which they're going to rule the world and establish Sharia law. And so I can totally understand where these extremist groups of Judaism seize onto these passages in which it say the Goy, the ethnos, the Gentiles, will be their servants or slaves. So I understand why they believe that, but it's such a minority that they're in the current nation state. And there are some at the upper elite level, and I would include in Rome and Islam and the head puppets that really run the world. We know what's coming. But right now what's happening, even amongst certain prophecy teachers. I'll, I'll say one guy's name, Steve Benoon from Israeli News Live. Doug is aware of him. I don't know if you're aware of him. He's a former Christian Zionist that has flipped the switch. 99% of his updates, I listened to him just to get irritated, I think. 99% of his updates, he'll mention very little about Hamas and the evil of Hamas and the evil and how these children are trained in Gaza from day one to learn math by if you kill two Jews, and you kill a third Jew, how many Jews have you killed? If you have 10 Jews and you murder four of them, he won't spend much time on that at all. In other, but right now, his, ever since maybe a day or two after the atrocities, 
All he's talked about is Israel's war. War is not, as John Haller has said, war is not a war crime. There are going to be innocents die, just like Daniel, his friends, the Jews that were in the land and got caught up due to the judgment of Babylon. Innocents die in battle and innocents die in war. But that's where the propaganda is going. And I can see what's going to happen is Judah, the nation state of Israel, and my dad, Miss Joe Nolan's on here. She's a lady that helped raise me since I was a little bitty boy. And my daddy used to teach her Sunday school. And my daddy had to say, keep your eyes on Israel. Now, my dad thought that Israel was only the Jews. I get it. That's, that's what I thought up until recently. But there's no doubt that the house of Judah compromises Israel and they have to be in the land for all the nations to gather against them. You mentioned Zechariah 12 and 14 earlier. It is a prerequisite for the house of Judah to be in Judea and, 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 and in a defensive position at that time for those prophecies to ever have been fulfilled. They can never have been fulfilled until 1948. And that's what, what Doug, what you're talking about earlier, as far as you were asking about 73, what's different. I believe the political situation is, is, is different now. We know we've got our, we've got our Senate majority leader now calling who are, who, who are allies with Iran, calling Russia, China, and Iran, the axis of evil. So it's like everything's being set up for a major global conflict and how it all plays out, I don't know. I've always thought that there's got to be something that happens. Nuclear weapons used, major and EMP or something. I've always thought that that something would have to happen for the for the world. And if we weren't believers, for the world to go, if we don't get on the same page as nations and we don't establish a national government, we're going to kill each other. We're going to exterminate the human race that I can understand why our non-biblical friends and people that have a secular view and don't believe God's word, if that happens in the future, will be clamoring for a one world government, someone who could establish peace. So that's all. That's the way that's always been my speculation as to how the one world government gets put into effect. There's a global cataclysmic war or some or, or it could be natural disasters yellowstone goes off i don't know <laughs> something's got to bring people to want to do this but that's just my speculation mode we know all nations gather against jerusalem at the end based on that sam do you think we're going to see the antichrist beast figure rise up in the next three or i don't know a well, year so six, three so years like whatever yeah, we'll go. I'll go through a few more dates. Y'all probably already know this, but so let's say that the annular eclipse on the 2nd of October is the marker for when maybe you see some kind of finalization of an agreement for Saudi to join the Abraham Accords, which would strengthen the covenant. It would cause the Abraham Covenant to be stronger when they join it. If they did that, turns out right at Yom Teruah, then 1260 days later lands exactly on April 14th, 2028, which is the middle of Passover week. And from there, looking forward three and a half years later to uh, the end, 1260 days later lands exactly on Yom Kippur 2031. 1290 days lands on the 10th of Cheshvan. And that's the day that Noah 
was told to enter the ark because the rain was going to start in seven days. And when he entered the ark, he didn't see any more evil people because he was at that point separated from the world. And when he got off, all the evil folks had been washed away. So he was separated then from evil from that point forward. And it's 1,335 days exactly from April 14th, 2028 to Hanukkah in 2031. So I think we have a pretty good handle on the day counts. The middle of the week is, I think, is important because generally it's been taken as being a year, years, and half a year, three and a half years. And it, it is about three and a half years. But more importantly, in Daniel 12, when it says time, times, and half a time in the Hebrew, let's speak into the Moedim. And how can you have half of a Moedim? How, how can you have half of those if there's seven of them? Well, if you're in the middle of Passover week, that's half of the week of unleavened bread. So Passover's already gone. First fruits is gone. You have three cycles, three complete cycles. And then you're beginning at the middle of Passover week. So you have half a week there. Then you have Shavuot. Then you have Yom Teruah. And then Yom Kippur, three and a half. So it's three and a half Moedim also. And Sam, it's interesting you bring that up. That's something I've started pondering about, I don't know, three, four, five years ago. And the first time I brought it up, my my co-host there pretty much giggled at me for even thinking it could be the Moed and a half a Moed. I look at that as it could be, again, this is looking at the scripture. Instead of it being three and a half years, it could be a Moed cycle. These could, I believe it's more referring to the cycles. And I believe that it might be as you just made a really good argument in case four, it might be the last cycle being fulfilled. In other words, from Passover uh, through and to the conclusion. I wouldn't be dogmatic on it, but it, it makes too much sense. And it's the date you just mentioned about being in the middle of the Passover week. That would be the fourth day. That would be the day that Yeshua was crucified on the fourth day of the week in the midst of the week as the lamb having risen, and that Doug differs with me on this, having risen on the Sabbath, laid on the yeah. Sabbath, and then having ascended on the eighth day as the first fruits. And so I can see the beast or, or this person that most people refer to as the Antichrist mimicking Yeshua during Passover week, appearing to recover from a deadly wound, the beast, and then and per Doug's uh, uh, corrupting the image, becoming the beast the supernatural entity, not just a mere mortal man, but a, a supernatural entity, whether a gibberim and, and that occurring and him doing it on, on staying dead for three days and then appearing to rise on that Shabbat or on that first fruits mm -hmm. and declaring to be God mm -hmm. on, on first fruits or right. you know, that's my theory right now. We'll see if it all plays out. I'm not going to die on that theory. You know, no. I'm going to stake my salvation or kingdom status on it. But but it, right. it makes sense that he would mimic what Yeshua did. I think from April 14th, 2028, and you can check other cycles, but at least for that cycle, it hits those dates perfectly. On Yom Kippur is 1260. Tenth of Cheshvan is 1290, Hanukkah is 1335, all from the middle of Passover week. And answer your question, Doug, I guess what I that would be the time of the abomination, right? So he's going to put a stop to resume sacrifice. The sacrifices, I don't think they'll last very long. Uh, the world's going to erupt. 
he'll stop them. And then we've had the discussion about whether a physical temple had to be built or not, right? Versus the Huron versus the Naon. When Paul says he's going to take his seat in the temple of God in English, that word temple is Naon. It's referring to the Holy of Holies. And Jesus said, when you see him standing in the holy place, so it's talking about the spot, the place, not the physical structure, which would be Huron. So my view is you don't, it could be that you have a third temple, but I don't think you have to. That's, because I think the word that Paul's using is referring to the Holy of Holies, which is under the Golden Dome. So I would anticipate somebody putting a stop to the sacrifice and then going over under the Golden Dome and doing the abomination. Yes, I think it's possible that we can see that. Wow. There's a lot there's a lot to think about, a lot to consider. I'm sure you all know of the of the temple miracles that were documented to cease for 40 years up until the destruction of the temple. And mm -hmm. if that's related to the crucifixion, would be in 2030 AD. And Scott pointed out, Hosea says, I'll be gone two days, right? And he's going to raise us on the third day. So two days, if a day can be a 24-hour day. It can be a year in the Bible. It can be a thousand years. It depends on the context. But in that context, it'd be a thousand years. 2,000 years from 30 AD is 2030. So I think it's worth I think it's worth watching. If it doesn't doesn't happen in 2024, then I think all bets are off. And I don't think it's a coincidence at all that it was 40 years. And and I don't like to say 70 AD. I, I say 70 AD ish because we're dealing with ancient secular dates and we're relying upon uh, secular historic historians to to establish it. So I don't think they're set in stone or in the rock. It, 70 AD could have been, it could have been as early as maybe 28 or 27. It could have been as late as 31, 32, 33, because we're dealing with these ancient dates. And I know there's some people that would vehemently dis disagree, but that's why I'm keeping my, I, I'm watching Passover this next year. I was obviously watching to see if anything major would happen during on Yom Teruah this year or on Yom Kippur, obviously nothing happened. And then something pretty, I, I believe it's, it, it was a little warning shot, warning for, from Yah allowing this to happen because he allowed it to happen. In other words, he permitted Hamas to do what they did on October 7th. If anybody wants to take it up with Isaiah, he created evil and he allows it. Isaiah says he barad ra. You know, you can call it darkness. You can call it another name, but bara is the Hebrew word. Doug can correct the way I'm pronouncing it, but it's the Hebrew word for created. So he barad created the heavens and the earth, and he barad created ra. And so he's allowing all this stuff to play out, and he he allowed the judgment. He he allowed and permitted and, and prophesied the horrendous judgment as recorded by Josephus on Judah and on Jerusalem in 70 AD. Mm -hmm. The Messianics, the Jews that were believers in Messiah, got out of Dodge whenever, and they were given reprieve when Rome surrounded, and then they withdrew. And that was one, that's one of the reasons we have this big, we've had this big schism, is then they rejected when Rabbi Akiva named Bar Kokhba the Messiah, the Mashiach, mm -hmm. and the Jews that, that play, had placed their faith and Yeshua, the Messiah, that caused a rift. So you've seen this rift between it only get, it's only gotten wider and wider. And we're talking about it. Uh, 
well, I'm going to talk about it with Shell Wagner uh, this next week and, and my friend Jeff Freelander. But essentially, all of us should actually hope and pray that Judah does repent and does call out, blessed is he who, who comes in the name of the Lord, because Yeshua says to the house of Judah, your house is left to you desolate and you will not see me again until you until they cry out. And I believe Doug is 100% correct on this and give him credit on this, that it's the corporate leadership, the leadership of the religion that's going to have to say, we've been following the rabbis. We've had it all wrong. And they're going to, all, all hope is going to be lost in Zechariah 12. And I believe they're going to see that sign of the son of man. And they're going to then, then look to him, look upon him whom they pierced. And they're going to cry out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And he's going to come back and, save the day it's going to be like the calvary and what's on that that's when their veil gets lifted yep i believe it's a literal seeing the sign of the son of man i take that verse in zechariah literally i take matthew 24 where yeshua says you'll see the signs it'll cause people's hearts to fail and then you when you see the sign of the son of man how it happens i don't know but so joel blackford asked a really pertinent question in my opinion He says, does anyone feel the increasing hatred against the worldwide Jews will feel the will feel will cause the final Aliyah and a second exodus? If so, then there are logistics that need to be resolved before the 70th week would start. Yeah, I think there is. They had a record number last year. The numbers have been increasing. They have a long way to go. But just think of the anti-Semitism that we've seen here in this country. Just here in the last couple of months, stuff that would have been unheard of in the past. And I think it's increasing. I think it's increasing worldwide. So yeah, I think that's a very good point. And I think the heat can get a lot hotter quicker than we might imagine. And I've watched uh, interviews by Jewish uh, students on, on many of these Ivy League elite communist indoctrinated campuses right now, Cal, Cornell, New York University, they are that you can hear it in their voices. They are frightened by their fellow students that are so woke right now that wouldn't they're so indoctrinated in, into this global worldwide system. They're idiots when it comes to the climate crisis. And now they're being led like little puppets. I mean, it's it, Goebbels, Hitler's propaganda minister, would, would be proud of what mainstream media and, and what the college professors have been doing to these kids that the, that I believe there's going to be a lot of Jews to Joel's point. I'm going to differ with Joel because it can't be the second greater exodus because Ephraim is also gathered. And for now, Yah is allowing the nation state of Israel's policy, keeping people like me, even if I wanted to go to Israel and settle down and live there, I can't. You know, I'm not going to call it apartheid, but they are keeping individuals like myself or if you're if your mom is not a Jew or if you're a Messianic Jew and you don't lie on your application, they're not letting you in either. And so but, yeah, I can see how more that are in unbelief, more Jews in unbelief will be gathered back to the land in a natural means with just like 48 happened. And I think that changed world sentiment. I think world sentiment now is going back against Judah and more and more will will go to Israel for safety. I'd like to learn from others. I just want to get Doug's thoughts, pick his brain. 
Doug was saying, and I agree. I mean, 2031 is close and it does seem like a lot has to happen, but is there anything that stands out in particular, Doug, that causes you to believe that's just going to be a little too soon? Is there something that I just don't think that can happen by then? What are you thinking on that? I would say there's a whole bunch that I'm uncertain. I'm most certainly ignorant about, right? There's all kinds of technology that I have a kind of a whiff of what's happening out there, but I'm sure there's a ton of stuff that I really don't know what is going on. I speculate about that some in my book. Some I bring as much hard evidence as I can. I don't know. I just feel like I, I feel like we're all ever since October 7th, we've a lot of people are beating this drum. There's also the whole 2030 movie. I, I just don't want to be someone that is doing knee-jerk reactions. Cause I think then every time we say that the sky is falling and we're like, this is it. And then it's not. I, I think we've, we really run into these problems. I obviously am looking for the return of Christ. I have spoken about it a lot. And I just think we've got to be careful. So I want to be very careful. I don't want to yeah, absolutely. Start picking dates and saying, this is it. Absolutely. And then nothing happens. And then because what we say on shows like this and other people say on their shows has a real impact on people and right. they may not do it consciously, but they start to right. subconsciously yeah. make decisions about their lives that are not right. always fortuitous. Right. And I remember back in the, in the eighties when 80 reasons that Christ is coming in 88 or whatever it was, or 88 reasons. Some people didn't get married because the yeah. rapture is just around the corner. Again, <laughs> no, no, I, I absolutely that. agree. That's why anytime I talk about this, I'm going to say I'm not a prophet and this is a hypothesis and it's falsifiable sure. and we're going to know soon. And, and it, it, I wouldn't have even made that recent video except for the events that happened this fall that kind of, wow, on the same date. So maybe there's something there. If it is, then this is what I look for by then. And if it doesn't, then we're, we just move on. And I, and I think yeah. there's a difference. Sam and I and others like the two of us, and you're uber cautious, Doug, even though I believe Yeshua returns two days, 2,000 years after he ascended and returned to his place. Right. I will never state that dogmatically. And, uh, unless and until we see what is no doubt, by golly, the abomination of desolation, unless and until there is a worldwide global system put in place, in which I cannot buy or sell. I can no longer practice law unless I'm getting paid in eggs or deer meat, or in other words, I can no longer participate in commerce. There is any image which I must bow obeisance to, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and people are getting killed for their faith in Yeshua, then we're not there yet, okay? Like there, there have been some who jumped the gun, in my opinion, and they, and not in my opinion, I'm certain on this, and we're calling the clot shot, the jabby jab, the abomination of desolation. And they were totally ignoring every passage in Revelation 13, because none of that's happened yet. None of that has come to pass. And these individuals were, were predicting certain dates that would happen the next month or the next year. None of that has come to pass. And I, I like Sam's approach. It's a hypothesis. It can be tested versus saying it's going to happen by golly, dogmatically. I interviewed Joe DeMond last night, and he thought the abomination of desolation, as he understood it, was happening on the 22nd. It didn't. The location that he was looking at, there was nothing yeah. that occurred. And now he's moved it back two weeks to and trying to say that the Buddha statue and what happened. I'm like, Joe, that's you're stretching it, buddy. You've, And I like Joe. 
but and, I, and I that's like and that's my point. I'm glad you brought I, that up. I because, don't like the fact yeah. that he's been so dogmatic on it. Right. And, and and again, I don't tell you, Doug, you're prideful and arrogant because you don't agree with me. There's that would if Sam were coming on there going, you just don't understand what I'm saying, and he was being dogmatic on this, then my hackles would go up. <laughs> <laughs> like Sam and I have discussions back and forth on the phone, and well, and I'm like, Sam, we need to live stream this, you know. This is just us differing, but in a in an agreeable way, you know, where we have different understandings on how prophecy might be fulfilled. And like I like to tell Sam and I are about we don't set a year, but we're one year and ten days apart from one another. <laughs> Not going to be arguing about it if we get that far. That's an interesting point. The year and ten days. Noah got on the boat on the seventeenth of Cheshvan, right? When you're reading it, I've read it before, and you you think, why is that even in there? And, th and then he gets off the boat a year later on the 27th. So he was on the boat through the wrath of the flood for a year and 10 days. But it's interesting that the Feast of Trumpets is 10 days off Yom Kippur. And if it's as I believe from a pre-wrath perspective, but the gathering happens, you don't know the day or the hour around the Feast of Trumpets, but you're then removed from wrath for a year and 10 days, just like Noah. So I think that's a good analogy. We'll see. And the next time I can wrangle you on and, and get you away from your retirement schedule, that's the topic I want to discuss with you and whether or not this gathering and this hiding away, this yeah. protection, yeah. must we be immortal or can we remain mortal as I think it was Philip talking to the uh, Ethiopian eunuch who was raptured from one location to another. He was Star Trek. Paul was raptured, <laughs> or a man he knew, was raptured to third heaven, and he remained human, or a man he knew. The disciples are in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, and, and then all of a sudden, they're on the other side of the lake. They're like supernaturally Star Trek from the middle yeah, of the lake true. to the other. Our God, if he wants to do it, y'all can do whatever the heck he wants to do. If he wants, if we're hiding out during this great tribulation period, he wants to bring us somewhere and protect us. That's easy stuff. If this beast person, this Antichrist, captures you and says you must bow down, be like Daniel, be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, our God can save us if he wants to, but we ain't bowing. <laughs> now, worst case scenario, you go to sleep and you're resurrected in the probably out of space time at that point in time. And again, the purpose of these prophecy discussions and what we're doing right now and what will be happening is for repentance. In other words, what's going to be happening? This what happened to Israel, the nation state of Israel, and to to Jews and people that were caught up in it. That's a warning sign to repent. What what's going on in America right now with all the all the nonsense? We have people celebrating. I put out on Facebook. Yeah, you would think it was in a picture of of uh, people in Ohio. You would think either the Bucknuts won the national championship or maybe they were corporately celebrating the fact that they were all going to be grandmothers or mothers or fathers, a happy event, that they just won the lottery. No, they were celebrating the fact that Ohio passed an abortion law allowing children to be murdered. That's what these people were gleeful and joyful about and whooping it up like, te like the Texas Longhorns or the Auburn Tigers had just beat the Rotators from Alabama. That's how they were happier than that because they can now have the right to kill their babies. Yeah. And that's judgment's coming. It's yeah. not just Judah that's going to get judged. It's also Ephraim, the house of Joseph. It's Christianity. And judgment's going to begin where? Yeah. I have a lot of people ask me, we go over, you know, th 
how to prepare. And they say, what do we do? I, I think we all should be asking God. I, I didn't get to choose the era I was born in. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be able to live out my grandparent years like I hope, but we all ought to be asking what's our job if, since you put us here in this time. And Daniel refers to those who have insight will give understanding to the many. And you can't force this stuff, but I think events will drive people to us. And we just need to be ready to, to point them in the right direction. If they need the gospel, we share that with them. But we help to inform them. And I think that's our role. That's one of our main roles here if we're actually here in the time. Yeah. Hey, so we got a few, a few questions here. This is a comment. Why did God destroy the world with the flood? Because the world was filled with violence. Violence in Hebrew is Hamas but I'm sure it's just a coincidence. Yeah, I've long chuckled at that incredible irony that the word Hamas is the very word that this group called Hamas is using to spread violence. And I don't know what that actually is in Arabic, but certainly the Great Commission there is correct in his assessment. I've um, heard it's an acronym and just happens to say Hamas. That, that well, is, and it's an acronym for whatever they call their yeah. organization. Yeah, and I'm sure they're probably like, but it works because they all speak Hebrew as well. Yeah, repentance, I think, is a, a super important word because no matter how we look at it, it's really easy for us to throw stones at the group on the other side and it's all their fault. But we see things happening in our own backyards, sometimes in our own homes, as it were, whether it's our actual physical house or it's our own neighborhood, it's our own church, it's our own place where we like to hang out. And, and I, this is where I think God is calling us, all of us, to come back to him. I've been thinking about Judas quite a bit. Judas, I don't think he just sold Jesus out because he just needed 30 shekels of silver. I, I just don't think that was the point. I think he was trying to force Jesus' hand into becoming the Messiah that he wanted. Not what Jesus intended to do, but I, th I think Judas actually was rather like, yes, I'm pro-Messiah, and I want Messiah to do this, and I need Messiah to do it now. And Jesus, I'm not really on that train. And so I think he was trying to force his hand. And I, I think it's a real danger that we can all fall into, is that we try to make God into our image. And I think this is, of course, why we study Scripture. This is why we go back and forth to challenge one another occasionally, just to Say, okay, am I really seeking after God and what he wants? Or am I trying to conform God into the image that I have set out for him? Uh, you know, and I, again, I think we always have to be careful when we are doing the newspaper, you know, prophecy kind of stuff where we're seeing things happening and then we're trying to plug them in. You know, could Jesus come back in 2030, 2031? Sure. I mean, who am I to say he can? You know, he can do whatever he wants. I still am a little bit skeptical that's going to happen, but. You can all tell me that I was totally wrong <laughs> when we get there. That's totally fine with me. This is part of the fun. So let's see. I, I put a question up there. It said, yeah. without scripture says about prophecy, return of Jacob, law out of Zion, he fights for Zion, he rules from Zion. Would you say that Messiah Yeshua is the ultimate Zionist? And I would say, yes, From a, I'm a biblical Zionist. Mm. In other words, I'm not a nation state of Israel Zionist. Uh, I, I I totally believe that that it was Yah that organized this and allowed this to happen and to do a groundswell. I totally understand where people are coming from, where obviously there was a lot of uber rich Jews that bought up the land and that were part of this. 
But if you don't think that Yah can't use Nebuchadnezzar's of the world or Hitler's of the world or the Rothschilds or a King Cyrus or a Caesar or a Titus to effectuate his plan, then that what what I and really what I'm addressing there is those on the other side of this equation who are so anti nation state of Israel, it's almost anti-Semitic, anti-House of Judah, that they're so conspiracy-minded that they can't see that, you know what, why don't we give Yah credit? Who's allowing them, puppet masters, to, to make their moves on, the, on their little checkerboard? It's Yah doing this. He's the one allowing this to happen. But yes, as far as Christian Zionism or Orthodox Zionism and what they're looking for in their Messiah, I don't get behind that. And I think our Christian Zionist brothers, our dispensational brothers that do that, they know about the deception. And it's like they're they're almost cheering it on where Judah needs is Yeshua. And we know that up until the very end, they're going to be as probably a corporate house blinded. But I'm just, I can't get behind the Christian Zionist rock band knowing what's coming for our brother Judah at the end of the age. And I think that this is only going to get worse as, as this war against Hamas progresses, the, that the propaganda machine will only get worse. It's interesting, Isaiah 34, that's, that's a judgment chapter, right? Day of the Lord. It's got direct quotes out of Revelation. But verse 8, for the Lord as a day of vengeance, a year of recompense for the cause of Zion. So that is tied to the year of the day of the Lord right there in Isaiah 34. So I think that's a great question. Fantastic. I was just going to bring that up, but I guess we don't need to. This is Joel Blackford. He says, on this mountain, he will destroy the veil, the sukkah, which covers the face of all peoples, the veil enshrouding all the nations. He will swell up death forever, Isaiah 25 and Doug show Hebrew. I personally think that the passage Joel's referred to is something that will happen when the Lord comes back, and then he he takes away that veil between heaven and earth. So I don't think it's the word sukkah, though, but that's probably a, a thing for another day. <laughs> oh, so, okay, this is what I want to get to. In 2017, is 2017 to 2024 the good seven years and then the bad seven years to follow? Does this tie into the two cows that were born in 2015 in the month of September? I talked about in some circles that Joseph, that's Joseph's dream. Somebody's been, listening to, somebody's been listening to Jonathan Kahn. How about you, Sam? <laughs> I, I'm not familiar with the two cows born in 2015. That's interesting. I, I yeah, they, they had sevens on their forehead. Clear as a bell. It, it, well, you didn't have to look for them. They were like <laughs> red heifers with sevens on their head. <laughs> Wow. And Jonathan Kahn did a video about it uh, back in the day. So that, that's what popularized that. that. But it's hard to characterize 2017 to 24 as good years. It wasn't very good, but um, I think it was a year. I think it was time to prepare. If that holds, that's seven years in advance warning template. Those are the years to prepare. We're, we're, and maybe we're getting ready to kick start. Like I say, I think we'll know by April. I think we'll know by the end of April if we're. Oh. And we That's had the little, we had the little COVID scandemic, but as far as it did, they artificially kept it from being an, uh, a, a catastrophic economic failure at the time. 
Now, there's a price to pay for that. And that's one of the reasons I'm looking for what might happen in the next year, two or three. When the balloon pops, it's going to make 2008. It'll probably make 1929 look like child's play. And again, I believe this is going to be intentional by the puppet masters, by those that actually control and print the world's money. Follow the money. As Lord Rothschild said, he didn't really care who the prime minister or the presidents were as long as he printed the money for the countries. So I'm not a 100% conspiracy theory compared to some of the wackadoodles. <laughs> Your average person, yeah, I'm a nut. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this has been awesome. Sam, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate your insights. Hey, you know what? If it's by 2031, then you were right, man. Well, and I think that's the main thing. I would encourage everyone as we, we keep speculating on the return of the Lord, what's the most important thing? Is it having your bug out bag? Is it having your place up on the mountains you can get away to? I would say no. I think the most important thing is to love one another as Yeshua loved us by this all men will know that you are my disciples, right? So that is what we want to do. And we've got to be very careful. We can start getting into our cliques. We can get into our tribes. We can say, those people bad, us good. We want to stay away from that. Let's make sure that we are being that good Samaritan. And sometimes we're loving that Samaritan that we think we shouldn't. So let's focus on that. Thank you for uh, joining us. We're so glad you're here. Join us next week. We will have more great guests and we'll have more exciting topics. If you have some great topics you want us to talk about, why don't you send them to us? You can send them to us through the Way Congregation app. You can just email us. You can go to douglasamp.com. My contact information is all right there. Of course, also contact Scott and let us know if you have a, a topic that you think we really need to cover or a guest that you'd love to have us or interview. I was, yeah. was going to say, Doug, and we've had people that watch the show as guests before, too. That's uh, true. Yep. Oh. Yep. Yep. So we're just having a lot of fun. All right. Take care, guys, and good evening.